Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Well, across the world on the interwebs, that would be the internet, and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or... FM Translator. That's right. It's the Michael Duke Show broadcasting live across uh, everywhere. We're everywhere all we're everywhere all the time. Everywhere, everything, all at once. That's a new movie. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Welcome to the program. It is uh, <clears throat> it is uh, Thursday, and uh, we're continuing on this morning uh, in our discussion of. The uh, local politics and what's going on in the state. Um, we've still got some post-election roundup stuff to do. Yesterday, we made it through mm, a chunk of stuff, but we didn't make it through all of the different races and didn't get a chance to talk about them. Um, still a lot of stuff up in the air, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today uh, as well. Now, uh, yesterday, we... We hit on the fact several times that um, that the primary uh, was not really even for many races primaries. They were just more kind of a polling, just to kind of take a take the temperature in the room uh, more than anything else. It it you know it, it it didn't really mean anything except for just a handful of races, right? Um, I mean the. Um, the House race, the U.S. House race, the U.S. Senate race, and the governor's race, it mattered for those. Those, uh, those uh, uh, you know, elections uh, for the primary themselves had consequences because you had multiple people running in each and every one of those races. I mean, like uh, 20, 30, 40 people running uh, in some of the races as well. Um, but all the other races, the legislative races for state legislature, the state house, the state senate, those were were more um, uh, sedate. And, and they really, again, were nothing kind of more than a bellwether uh, to take the temperature of the room for these various districts. And uh, I got a couple of emails and messages yesterday after the show that uh, we're like, you don't understand. It's 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 not as bad as you say it is. It's not. And again, I I want we mentioned this yesterday that um, there shouldn't be weeping and wailing and panic in the street, right? Um, that this was just kind of a you know kind of a, a an indicator of where. You needed to shore up the defenses if you wanted to use kind of a, a combative, you know, if you wanted to use combative imagery, this would be like, this is where you just need to shore up the defenses and know exactly where, you know, the, the fights were going to be. Um, and uh, I'll have some examples of that here this morning. Um, uh, and and I, I will kind of go over that. 
uh, as we go through. We'll, we're also going to uh, discuss, uh, again, the remainder of um, the remainder of the uh, House races, House and Senate races that I don't – I think we got through all the Senate races yesterday, but we did not get all the way through the, uh, the House races. So we'll, we'll kind of do a brief recap. And we'll come back to some of that stuff so that we can, uh, so that we can share it, uh, so that we can share it. That's what we're gonna do. Um, and so that uh, that's that's how it's gonna work. That's how it's gonna work this morning. So uh, let's uh, let's. I guess we'll. I guess we just uh, need to get into it. That's what we need to do here this morning. Get started. And start looking at some of these numbers and some of the some of the details and everything else. So uh, I guess that's uh, that's where we're gonna start. I'm 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 I think that pretty much sums it up for us. All right, <clears throat> so um, let's uh, let's get started. I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll get. I was <laughs> wasn't quite. I got ahead of myself here. I wasn't quite prepared for everything that I wanted to do. So let me uh, let me let me start let me start off uh, over here, and we'll uh, we'll get. Uh, we'll get things uh, started here this morning and see what we can come up with. Um, <clears throat> joining us on the program later this morning is going to be uh, Representative Ron Gillum. He's going to be uh, he's going to be with us, and we're going to be talking with him uh, about um, his candidacy and what he expects to see, uh, and maybe some of the changes that he'll be working based on some of the numbers and everything else uh, as we go through. So uh, if you're ready, if you're ready, we're going to dive right into this and start talking about it. So let's take a look at um, all the different uh, names. Now, we did finish up yesterday uh, right before the uh, right before we started talking to Mike Schauer um, and uh, uh I'm sorry. I just looked down, and there was a comment that I was that, that distracted me. Uh, we were looking at Mike Showers District, Senate District O, um, uh, which uh, had a total of a 29% voter turnout. And the surprise to us was that uh, Doug Massey uh, was uh, in early returns on this uh, on this precinct was ahead of Mike Shower uh, by a tune of about um, 500 votes. Uh, out of uh, out of seventy eight hundred votes cast, he was ahead of about five hundred votes. But this is a good time to kind of uh, take a look at this, and um, and I think uh, you know get a little bit of a better view. Let me uh, let me show you uh, let me show you a little bit of what I'm talking about here. Uh, if you look back at um, if you look back. At uh, the last election for Mike Shower, you will note that uh, he had a uh, that the that the total voter turnout for that election was uh, was pretty was pretty. Now I can't bring that. Now I can't bring the damn. I'm sorry. I'm trying to bring the. I'm trying to bring the the picture up so that I can read the actual numbers with some authority and not try to wing it. I I don't like. I don't like to just wing it. Um, but that first of all, the voter turnout for, um, uh, the voter turnout for Mike Shower's district is generally speaking pretty high. 
And in fact, if you look at the last, uh, if you look at the last numbers, here we go, finally got them up. Uh, there was almost a 50% voter turnout for Mike Shower, or excuse me, a 50% voter turnout in the district that Shower was in last year. Um, they had 15,900, almost 16,000 votes cast. Now, if you look at the current number here, you'll see that there was only about 9,700 votes cast and a 30% voter turnout. So I think what you'll see is, um, uh, I think what you'll see is that many people just didn't come down and participate because they didn't feel, I guess, it was that important to do so. Um, and as you look at the previous number, you'll see that, uh, that uh, you know, when out of 15,000 votes, uh, 15,598 votes that were cast in the last election, uh, almost 12,000 of them uh, went for Mike Schauer. Um, and so while these initial results, and we've seen this before, where special interests, especially during small, low turnout events like primaries, because primaries are always a lower turnout than the general election, that they have usually a disproportionate um, uh, effect on those things. Now, that doesn't mean that we that we don't focus in. That doesn't mean that we don't pay close attention. But uh, we'll see how that affects some of the other races as well. Uh, I've got a comparative or two uh, on this later on. But uh, this is where yesterday, this is where we got started. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's continue on. So we were talking about voter, oh, then a voter P, which is a Senate District P in the Fairbanks area. That's Scott Kawasaki and Jim Matherly. Uh, Scott Kawasaki has been there um, for quite a while, only a 20% voter turnout for that district. <clears throat> but um, you'll see that uh, Jim Matherly is within just 100 votes of Scott Kawasaki. And there is a third Republican in the race, Alex Jaffrey, who um, had over 300 votes all on his own. So if we get down to an elimination round and just assume that half of those people in uh, Jaffrey's uh, who voted for Jaffrey voted for Matherly, then uh, Matherly does have a good shot at being able to uh, uh, to be able to uh, to pull that one out. District Q, Robert Myers, which is uh, our friend Rob Myers, 64 percent currently with an almost a 28 percent voter turnout. Uh, he's got a, a pretty hefty um uh, advantage there and looks like that uh, he uh, has a, a pretty good chance of returning to that seat. District R, this is one of the contentious seats where Click Bishop um, is uh, is reigning supreme. He's the one that's uh, held that seat, uh, currently holding a 56 percent, uh, almost 57 percent uh, lead um, um, total votes, 57% of total votes. Elijah Verhagen is down in the 25, 26 percentile range. And then Burt Williams, who's the AIP candidate is holding a 17% uh, uh, of the votes right now. Uh, the worst part about this is, uh, is that even in a hypothetical thing where Burt um, Bert Williams either drops out or is eliminated even if you add these two numbers up here of the 16, excuse me, 17.37% for Bird and 25.69 for Elijah, you're 
you can't reach that 57%. And in fact, it would be an outright win for Bishop if this is where the number stayed. It would just be an outright in the first round, Bishop would win. Now, that means that Elijah's got some work to do between now and Election Day, for sure. Senate District F, Willie Keppel, Lyman Hoffman, all the voting precincts. No, 96% of the voting precincts. They're still missing two precincts, but uh, Willie Keppel is up near 39%. Uh, Lyman Hoffman at 60%. I think his bragging uh, yesterday that was reported by Shower um, is going to hold true. He could hold that seat for as long as he wants. All he has to do is file. But congratulations to Willie Keppel for running a good campaign and uh, trying to uh, trying to to eat into that. Thirty nine percent is no laughing matter in the bush when you're running against an incumbent Democrat out there. All right, now we move over to the House races. Uh, House District One down in the uh, uh, in the Sitka area. You've got Dan Ortiz, um, who is currently uh, taking 51.24% of the uh, vote. Um, And then um, Jeremy Bynum, who's a Republican, and Siobhan Meggett, who's a non-declared or non-partisan. Between the two of them, they still, same kind of thing that we see up in the the, uh, Click Bishop, uh, Elijah Verhagen race, there's still not enough to overcome uh, even if both of those, uh, even if both of those combined, there's not enough there to beat that 51%. So Dan Ortiz, although it is close, it is close, only 51%. So it's going to, uh, it's going to be an interesting race. Uh, in uh, House District Two, we've got Kenny Scaffoldstat and Rebecca Hemshoot with a 53-46 split right now. We'll see where that one goes. Andy Story is running unopposed in District 3. District 4, Sarah Hannon and Daryl Harmon. This is for the uh, Juneau area. 82% for Sarah Hannon. There's, she's not going anywhere at this point. Uh, up in the Kodiak area at House District 5, this was one of, the, uh, one of the races that we were hoping that there would be a little bit more movement. This was uh, Louise Stutes, the Republican. Uh, fighting it out against Ben Vin- Benjamin Vincent, Ben Vincent, the uh, the 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 newcomer to the race. Uh, currently, uh, with only twenty one percent voter turnout, currently Louise Stutes is winning that race uh, sixty three to thirty six percent. And we heard from uh, we heard from um, uh, uh, Carlene from Kodiak who calls in and said that. She, for for some reason, she was angry about something and had voted for Louise Stutes um, because I guess that was the name she knew or she was upset with the way that Benjamin Vincent had run his campaign or I'm not in the area, so I don't know exactly what was going on. But, you know, this is, again, the power of the incumbency. Somebody like uh, somebody like Louise Stutes, 63 uh, percent, even though many of the folks um who uh, who live in that area that I've spoken to are not not happy with her or with Gary Stevens. Um, and then of course we come down to the uh, Homer District Six House District Six used to be House District Thirty One, um, and that is Sarah Vance uh, against Louis Flora and Ginger Bryant with Sarah. Uh, again, in the catbird seat as of this moment, 
with 54.5% of the vote. Again, if Louie and Ginger combined forces, there still would not be enough there to overcome that. Let's hope that this one holds true. Um, uh, as much as we want the other ones to be overturned, let's hope that this one holds true. All right, we're going to continue here. We'll have more discussions, and then I've got some comparatives for what we were talking about yesterday. But again, remember, this is just kind of a... It's like sticking your finger in the wind. It's like licking it and sticking it in the wind to see which wind the wind is blowing. It doesn't really mean anything at this point. It's almost like whose line is it anyway, where the rules are made up and the points don't matter, right? Kind of. All right, we're going to continue. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free Thinking Radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay. All right. We are in the break right now, and uh, we are continuing on. And uh, Carlene voted for Stutes. What the? Yeah, no, she voted for Stutes and Stevens. And she said it was because she was angry. Now, I couldn't really figure out at the time because we were kind of short on time. And uh, I was trying to figure out what she was mad about that caused her to vote for Stutes and Stevens. But, um, I, I mean, at this point, I just I just don't know. Um. Well, I just got the page alert 21 minutes after the hour. Internet has been screwed up since the storm two weeks ago. Yeah, sorry about that. We're, we're trying to do our thing, trying to trying to get everybody awake and aware. We're always here at 6.06 a.m. That's when you can you could just set your alarm to 6.06 and know that we will be kicking things off here. You don't even have to wait for the uh, you don't even have to wait for the notification. You can do it all on your own. All right. I feel this so much this morning, Melody. Uh, coffee. I need coffee. Yes, yes, I do. I need coffee. Um, all right. I'm going back here. Apparently, somebody's been having a hard time seeing the comments, and I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Um, once in a while, I tap a comment, and all the comments go away. Did you tap the screen again? I don't know. I hardly ever look at the, I mean, sometimes I look at the feed on my phone just to make sure that it's working correctly, but I never really watch Facebook lives on phones. So, all right. Um, um, what you lost your, oh, must your code must find coffee. Yeah. Must find coffee. It's a, it's a thing. Um, well, good morning to all those who keep waking up from trying to function in a nation led by clowns and imbeciles. I think that pretty much sums up almost every area at this point. So many of us working people are just like, you know, you guys are all idiots. You're just every one of you. I don't care what party you belong to. I don't care what your affiliation is. They're all idiots at this point. Oh, Good morning. Good morning. My, I see my dad's in there. I see Jack. Jack. Good morning, Jack. 
morning. Not enough coffee. Not enough coffee in the entire world to make this whole thing right. Um, the stupid Republicans are going to split the vote if they don't pull out. They will give the Dem Socialists the election in November. You know, this is the problem, um, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, we've seen this in some of the primaries and, and other things where you get multiple conservative candidates who may not, they may not always be Republicans. They may be, you know, AIP members or constitutionalists or whatever, and you get these conservative candidates and they go in and they split the vote on these various seats, and that's how we ended up with Democrats sometimes in some of the seats, and um, that's just, again, it just comes back to why, I mean, they've admit that ranked choice voting is designed to help moderate candidates, people who, again, appeal to the middle um, because people are frustrated with the extremes. Well, I mean, I, I understand that, but that's the system that is there and is in place. Um the election was just a primary, so the top four moved to November's election. If they got 50% of one, then it's already decided. No. The top four moved to the election regardless if they got 50 plus one. It's in the general election that the 50 plus one thing um, uh, comes into play. So even if they've got if they've got 50 plus one in the primary, that doesn't matter. That just move, means that they move on to the general. If they get 50 plus one in the general, then that's it's one and done. The There's only one round of voting. The second, you don't go into second and third rounds. That's a good question, though, because uh, somebody else said that yesterday, too. All right, let's um, let's go back to uh, let's go back to the radio here. And we'll get a feel for what's going on. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Okay, I uh, just had a good question uh, come up in the chat room here right before we came back on the air um, because we were talking about some of the different you know voting styles and everything else. And Alaskan uh, Bullet Point on YouTube says uh, this election was just the primary, correct? So the top correct correct question mark. So the top four moved to the November election question mark, or if they got fifty percent plus one, then they're already decided question mark. And that's a good question because that was one of the, I think that one of the things that people were having a hard time with. So, yes, it was just a primary. The top four move in the move to the November election. Now, that's with the exception of the front page of the of the ballot, which was the special general election for Congress. Right? That is actually um, that is actually been voted and that was a regular special regular election but on the back you had the race for governor you had the race for the u.s senate you had the race for the u.s house and then you had all the state state house and state senate races now those were all primary so whoever is the top four in anything that was on the back side of the ballot so again governor U.S. House, U.S. Senate, State House, State Senate. 
the top four will move on to the general election. If you got 50 plus 1%, even in the general, for example, up on the screen here, I'm showing the results for House District 6, which is uh, Sarah Vance at 54.59%. That doesn't mean that she's just one because it was the primary and there was only three. All three are still going to the general election in November. Now, if let's say hypothetically this number held true, once she broke that 50% threshold, then that there would be no second round of voting. It wouldn't matter who you voted for second uh, in a ranked choice. It would because once somebody hits that 50% threshold with all the votes counted, then that's it. But remember, it's going to take two weeks to tabulate the votes. I mean, we're still not going to know the results of the U.S., the special U.S. Uh, House race uh, on the front side of the ballot. We're still not going to know the answer to that for another 13 days. We still have no because it's because we've got to wait for all the mail in ballots and everything to come in. They got 15 days after the election to be able to come in. So, yes, yeah, so it's really just a poll. It's really just, I mean, now in one district, whatever district that is, I think it's 27. Let me scroll through here. Let me, uh, in fact, let me, uh, let me, let me do this here real quick to figure this out. Uh, I think it, whoops, I got, uh, I got too, too, too many, uh, too many windows going on here. Uh, let me go over here. Um, um, uh, can I find it? Wow, I just broke my I just broke my Acrobat reader. <laughs> just tried to search for something and the Acrobat reader just went, nope, I'm sorry, I'm broken. Um I anyway, whatever that used to be House District 5, which I think is now House District 27, um is uh has has five candidates in it. So this election this is that was the only one of 59 separate races where this primary actually mattered. It was the only one out of all those races that this primary actually mattered because, you know, at that point it was, uh, uh, you know, it the, the, they need to know who the top four are going to be. But every other race in the Alaska legislature is in fact, um, and has in fact uh, been decided by the fact that they only had three or three or less, three or less. That's what it was. Uh, that what it was is what it was all about. Um, all right. So uh, that, but that was a good question. That was a good question. Uh, bullet point. Uh, do they? Do they, uh, you know, do they just win automatically in the primary? No, they have to go on to the general election um, and you can figure it out from, you know, you can figure it out from there. Uh, all right. <clears throat> it was a poll wasting thousands of dollars, says uh, Cindy. Yeah, I mean, yes, but I mean, that's kind of how you got to get it. Uh, it's kind of how you got to get it all done, right? That's kind of how the that's kind of how the whole thing is supposed to work you're supposed to get it all done and 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 get it all squared away there uh all right well let me let me get back to uh what i was doing here and uh uh i'll i'll continue on 
with the discussion of what we were just uh, what what of the seats we were where were we on we were on uh, uh, we were on the house right okay so let me uh, let me continue this discussion uh, on the house side all right let's go back uh, over here we're in the Senate uh, down to the house okay we were just finished up with Sarah Vance uh, now we're going to move on to House District Seven Ron Gillum. Um, now this was a surprise for many people because Ron has got quite a following down on the peninsula. We're going to talk to him about this here in just a little bit. Uh, but Ron, um, had a, uh, he had, a, a this was, this was kind of a surprising, uh, a kind of a surprising thing, uh, because he had a, sorry, I got to get the window uh, scored away here so that everybody could see everything. Um, he had. Um, a total of 20, uh, excuse me, uh, 1,678 votes cast for him. And uh, his opponent, Justin Ruffridge, had 2,100. So it was 56 to 43. Now, for a lot of folks, that was like, what? What, what, just, what just happened, <laughs> right? I mean, people were like, what is going on? How did that, how did that even uh how does that even work? And to that, I say, well, don't sweat it too much yet because, you know, it's I guess it's not over till the fat lady sings, yada, yada, yada. Um, but look at the voter turnout here, uh, 26%. Now, that is extraordinarily low for, house, for this House district. Uh, and in fact, uh, I will do a little bit of a comparative. I pulled the numbers from the last election in this area. And uh, I've got it for those of you who are watching or want to watch later. I've got the numbers up on the screen if you want to come back and watch this on Facebook later or share it with your friends or whatever. But on the top is House District 30. That would have been the last election in 2022. Um, on the bottom is the latest from the Tuesday uh, primary. But you could see that the last time that uh, they ran in this uh, election, there was a 61% voter turnout. 61%. They really, really want to get out and vote in this district. They had over 10,000 votes in this district last time. Uh, 5,750 uh, turned out for Gillum. Uh, James Basden, who was running against him, got 3,300. Ron walked away with basically 62% of the vote. Um, and so what you're looking at right now is essentially well under half of the actual voter turnout for this district is, you know, turned out for the primary. So I think you're going to see I think you're going to see some changes in this as we get closer to the election. But it definitely I mean, it gives you a stutter. It gives you it, it makes your heart go pitter patter when you're like, what exactly what exactly happened here? What, uh, you know, what, what is going? Same thing again for the Mike Shower race. Again, you could look up and see that the turnout for the, for the primary is excruciatingly low. And again, this is more of a poll than anything else. That's all we're looking at. All right. I got me a little, I got me a little agua there. Um, all right, let's uh, continue on here. Uh, House District 7, 
what we were looking at. Now we go up to House District 8. Of course, is Ben Carpenter, who was running unopposed. He received 100% of the vote. Um, House District 9, which is uh, up in Anchorage, uh, Laddie Shaw, 55% to David Schaff's 44%. Uh, still a, a pretty good turnout, 41, almost 42% turnout up there. Uh, then we get a little bit further up into the Anchorage area, and then the rest of these, uh, a big chunk of these are now Anchorage um, um, house seats for uh, Anchorage house districts. Uh, Craig Johnson is ahead, the Republican is ahead of um, uh, Sue Levy and uh, Carolyn Storm, the uh, the two uh, Democrats and Mike Insulaco, the Libertarian, is coming in fourth in that race. You've got Julie Columbi uh, and Ross Beeling and Walter uh, Featherly all running for House District 11. Now, I talked to Ross Beeling a couple of years ago. It's been years since I've spoken with him, um, and I have no information on Julie Columbi. Um, I have not spoken with her. Uh, I've not, you know, and so I'm going to reach out to her and see if we can get some more information on where she stands. I think it would be an interesting thing. I mean, again, you just don't know what kind, you could see that it says Republican after her name. Uh, and just like it says Republican after Ross Beeling's name, but what does that mean? What is that? You know, does it mean that she is of the, Kathy Tilton variety, or is she of the Steve Thompson, Bart LeBon variety? I don't know. Where does she stand on things? We're going to try and get that information in here. House District 12, you could see here Carl Schrege, uh, excuse me, Cal Calvin Schrege and Jay McDonald, uh, 56 to 43. Schrege, of course, is the nonpartisan, uh, which is really just code for Democrat at this point. Uh, the big surprise for me was the Catholic uh, the House District 13, where Andy Josephson, the incumbent, is taking uh, is is taking a knee here a bit to Kathy Hensley. She is uh, up by over three, almost three and a half percent, at 48.45 over Andy Josephson in House District 13. Now Hensley, Kathy Hensley, just finished up a run for assembly uh, that was uh, you know close race, but she didn't quite make it. Um, but to go up against the incumbent Josephson, I, I'm interested to see what the, I didn't see the before and after borders on house district 13, but it would be interesting to see what those borders looked like. And then you've got Timothy Hewitt, who's the Alaska independence party candidate at the bottom at 6.5%. So if we assume that if he got cycled out in the second round of voting, that probably the majority of his, uh, his voters would probably go to Kathy. She has a pretty good shot at this. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. They, I mean, she has to hit the 51%. We'll see what happens. House District 14, of course, Elise Galvin has got a, um, a really good name recognition because of her multiple runs for Congress and everything else. She's currently leading Nicholas Danger 66 to 33%. So I think at this point, more than likely that unless uh, Nicholas Danger decides to use my idea of making his theme song, Danger Zone, um, he's, <laughs> I don't even think, I don't even think that would save him at this point. Uh, and then we get down into the Thomas McKay, Tom McKay, Denny Wells, David Ike, uh, Ibeck. Um, again, if you get into a third round here, uh, Tom McKay is at 46 
the Democrat Denny Wells at 42, but David Ibeck at, at almost 12 percent, 11 and a half, 12 percent. If we get to a second round, I think that Tom has got a pretty good shot at covering up that seat at 15 uh, in uh, in House District 15. Uh, and then down to House District 16, where Liz Vasquez is battling it out with Jenny Armstrong. Uh, Jenny, as um, yeah, I, I, I don't. This is going to be a very tough race here uh, because Liz has only got 35, 36 percent. Jenny's at 51 already. You've got a two Republicans and a Constitutional Party candidate in there. But again, even if you added this up, 35.93 plus 10.65, so now you're at 46%. You only get 9%. You're 49%. She could get all the votes from the other candidates, and Liz Vasquez has still got a reach to get there. Um, coming down here to the last few House races, but we're uh, we're coming up on the break. And so we'll continue this discussion here in just a moment. And then we got Ron Gillum who's going to be joining us. Um who's going to be joining us here at the top of the next hour. So there we go. Back with more of the Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes on demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Danger zone. (laughs) Man, it is. It's like, man, my Adobe Acrobat reader crashed and uh, the whole system shuddered when that happened. And then... Uh, Rick can't see the comments. Uh, everybody's lost their coffee. I didn't even have coffee this morning. Um, and my mouth is incredibly dry today. I don't know why. <sighs> Better. Okay. Mm. Uh, Justin Ruffridge compared to Stutes, Merrick, Rasmussen, Revac, Ledoux, Knopp, etc. If you look at his sign placement, it tells a story. Sign placement always tells a story for me. Whoever, you know, whenever I see a group of signs together, it's like I saw Jesse Flora or Louis Flora and Gary Stevens sign side by side when I was in Homer a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that was just like, yep. That pretty much sums it up. All you'd need now is a Lisa, a Lisa banner, uh, and a and a Tara Sweeney sign. That's all you'd need. All right. Okay. That's the gist of it. Um, he any kin to Johnny Dangerously? <laughs> My God, it's been so long since I've. Uh, since I've uh, Johnny dangerously, uh, Terry, you didn't miss much this morning. Uh, we're just kind of recapping some of the uh, stuff from the house races and stuff for yesterday. So you haven't missed much. Don't uh, don't sweat it. Um, I want to adjust something here, and it's bugging me that I can't. Uh, it's not letting me adjust it. I don't know why. So let me. Uh, can I reset this? Can I reset this? Reset. Okay. There we go. Um, 
I'm just trying to figure out why I couldn't uh, take a look at this. Okay. Hey, hey, look at that. When Adobe crashed, it kind of threw off my uh, my magical, mystical skew that I had set up there. Okay. Um, that's a little better. Mm, it's not much better, but it's a little better. Uh, um, no, why, why are you doing that? There we go. I'm a perfectionist sometimes, folks. That's just what it is. I probably should... Um, there we go. How about that? Um, should I just pull it up like that? I could do that. All right. Now I can pull it even bigger so you can see it even easier on your phones. That's the important part. All right. Look at that. There we go. There we go. All right. Um, and that was my phone. Um, uh, Unless, uh, sorry, Ron's asking me a question. Want to do a, uh, okay. There we go. We'll see what Ron says here in a few minutes here. Uh, there we go. So, oh, Comments that show up on the laptop that are not at all showing up on the phone and vice versa. Dang internet. Well, don't worry because just because you're seeing comments on one and not the other, that's how the thing works. Sometimes it just doesn't. Um, sometimes it just uh, like I'll see comments on because I've got it open in two screens. I'll see comments on one screen that just don't show up on the other screen. Not everybody sees every comment. So, yeah. Greg Collins says, yeah, lots of sign groups like that out on East End Road. Yeah, that's where I was. I was out on East End Road, and it was like Gary Stevens, Tara Sweeney, Lisa Murkowski, Louis Flora. And I'm like, oof, that pretty much, uh, that's that's pretty much how it all works up there. Tara Sweeney, Lisa, and Walker signs all together as you roll into Soldat and into Alaska, USA. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, keep losing connection on Facebook spins, no connection. Will it make a difference on YouTube? You could try it on YouTube. I mean, who knows? Um, a Walker Guerra will smoke Dunleavy. Uh, I mean, at this point, that's not necessarily true, Robert, but we'll see. Uh, is this Michael Duke's technical support hour or radio show? Well, we were in the break, so it's kind of the technical support break. You know, this is what happens when I'm, I'm all alone, man. I'm all alone doing my own tech stuff. What are you going to do? What are you going to? Um, you singing Danger Zone on the Coffee Curve Fluffle are the most joyful things on the show. Well, and I'm glad I could. Danger Zone. Highway to the. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, all right, we're going we're gonna to jump into it. Look at that. Here we go. Uh, 15 seconds. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Let's get to it.
All right. Uh, we're continuing now. Um, when is the good news segment? Everybody's like, we need the good news segment. All right. We'll give you some good news later on, maybe today. We'll see if we can pull a good news piece out, see what we can find. Uh, I mean, that that was actually doing better than I, I really enjoy the good news segment. Um, but let's... Um, Let's pull back over here and take a look at, uh, we're finishing up. Uh, I think we were up to House District 17 or 18. Uh, where were we at? Um, yeah. Okay. So House District, um, yep, there we are. House District 16. That's where we were at. Um, that was the Liz Vasquez race that we were just talking about. So then we moved on to House District 17, which is the Harriet Drummond-Zach Fields race. This one's neck and neck. This is where the two Democrats got redistricted together into the same district. And um, this one is, uh, I mean, this is going to be a, a nail biter right down to the right down to the finish, folks, uh, because it is forty nine and a half percent to fifty and a half percent with Zach Fields right now just taking the taking the lead. Interestingly enough, um um, you know, it's only a 23% voter turnout. So we'll see what, we'll see what goes on, uh, there, uh, in this group. Now with one of the lowest turnouts in the entire primary was house district eight, which is over, uh, it's the East side. This is East side Anchorage. Um, only eight and a half percent turnout, which, uh, wow. Right. I mean, you're seeing other districts with 20, 20, 35, 33, 28, you know, 8%, 8.61% voter turnout. This is Gabrielle Ledoux's old district. David Nelson still holding a pretty solid lead uh, over his competitors, which is Cliff Grow and Lynn Franks. But the problem here, again, is the math. David has got 41.93, almost 42%. But both Cliff Grow and Lynn Franks, who are both Democrats, uh, 36.75 and 21.32, which means that in a second round, if one of them dropped off, if Lynn Franks at this point, who's the Democrat, dropped off, and we would assume that Cliff Grow's people would have marked Lynn Franks as their second choice, David Nelson may get the boot. On that, well, again, only an eight percent voter turnout. So this is just a, this is just a poll. But it is an indication of things to come when you got the two Democrats and the one Republican in the race like that. House District nineteen, uh, Genevieve Mina and Russell Wyatt, uh, two Democrats, but it looks like Genevieve has got a commanding lead there, seventy six percent on those votes. House District twenty. Uh, Paul Bauer, Andrew Gray, Scott Kolhaas, Jordan Harry, uh, Harare, Harare, Harare. Sorry, Jordan. I apologize. Two Democrats, uh, excuse me, two Republicans, a Libertarian and a Democrat. Right now, though, uh, Andrew Gray, 50 percent. Um, and all the uh, all the secondary votes would have to vote for Paul Bauer, the Republican, to even make that a horse race at this point. We'll see what happens uh, in that one. Um, we've got House District 21, again, continuing in the Anchorage area, and I really don't know much about many of these candidates, although Forrest Wolf is um, ahead 49% to 45% uh, against the Democrat. 
uh, Stanley Wright, uh, Ted Eichheide, and Lisa Simpson in House District 22. The Democrat Ted Eichheide now currently ahead 41 uh, percent to 35 percent for the Republican. Uh, but if the two Republicans combined at 35 and 22 percent um, in the third round, then Ted may not have a chance. But again, only a 14 percent voter turnout for House District 22. Uh, Jamie Allard versus Roger Branson in House District 23. Allard has got a pretty commanding lead at 57, uh, almost 58 uh, percent. Dan Sadler, this is Eagle River, House District 24 in Eagle River. Uh, Dan Sadler, 53%. Sharon Jackson, 25%. And then Daryl Nelson, the Democrat, at 20%. Now, this is kind of sad because Dan Sadler is part of the kind of the good old boys club. He is one of the old school legislators who is part of the, you know, kind of Bart LeBon, um, uh, Bert Stedman kind of melange that's out there. And he's the one that's been running around demanding that we need to have a binding caucus. Now, he said uh, he said one thing in, in some settings and something else in another, but uh, there was a recording of him the other day going out there and basically saying, we need a binding caucus to get anything done. And... Uh, so he is currently sitting at 53.83%, uh, and that's with almost a 33%, 32.5% voter turnout. Um, so if anybody, you know, if she, somebody needs to get behind Sharon Jackson here um, and really prop this up, this is going to be a tough one. House District 25, which is Delana Johnson out in the Valley, 70%. She's got that pretty much sewed up. Same thing with Kathy Tilton in House District 26. Uh, she's running against the Libertarian, Daniel Stokes, uh, 81% for Kathy Tilton, uh, although I wouldn't mind seeing a Libertarian up in there. Uh, David Eastman, uh, 52% of the vote with 23% voter turnout, which is a low voter turnout for that area, against Stu Graham and Brendan Carpenter, who we had on the program earlier, uh, even again at 52.25% with this combined total uh, it's going to be difficult for an opponent to overcome Eastman's incumbency and his uh, fan club. Eastman's got quite a following out there. So uh, it's his race to lose at this point. Uh, then we get over into the House race for House District 28. You've got Jesse Sumner, Steve Menard, Al, uh, Rachel Allen, Jessica Wright. All Republicans, all duking it out over this. And Steve Menard is currently ahead at 34.37%, which, I'll be honest, is a little bit of a surprise to me. Well-known name, um, colorful past, uh, but still out there, 34.37%. We'll see how that rolls when it's all done. Uh, George Rauscher in his district, 29, 74% to Elijah Haas's uh, 25%. And then Kevin McCabe, who seems undaunted and undamaged by the smear campaign that the people at the National Gun Rights Association and the Right to Life people, they are trying to run him down at every opportunity. But it seems like people are there. I, I think that they're they're seeing over that right now. Forty-eight uh, percent uh, for Kevin McCabe right now over Doyle Holmes, the Republican at twenty-eight. And then again, you've got Joy Mendiola, who is the Democrat who's kind of a stealth candidate, um, hasn't uh, hasn't filed for APOC, hasn't, doesn't have a website, doesn't have all that kind of stuff. District 31, Bart LeBon, Kelly Nash, Maxine Dilbert. Uh, Bart LeBon is up uh, 38. 
Dilba, Maxine, uh, the Democrat, 36, with Kelly in the middle there. Uh, Bart Lebon will win that if it ends up into a third round, unless Kelly can overcome that. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Uh, Timothy Gibbons, Will Stapp, um, and Van Lawrence. Van Lawrence um, at 32%, Will Stapp at 48%, and our friend Timothy at 19%. He now sent me an email yesterday and said it's giving him an opportunity to kind of reflect and focus on where he wants to now start his campaign for real. So he's just using this as a starting guide. So Timothy's in it to win it. We'll see how that turns out as well. Um, all right. I didn't even get to this one. House District 35. There's the one more than five in it right there. All right. We're, well, we're out of time. we got Ron Gillum coming up. Maybe we'll finish this here in a little bit. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay. Um, I'm so Sharon Jackson needs to hammer that binding caucus rule. Four people making the law and the rest having to go along. Exactly. That's what. That's what. That's what uh, uh, just makes my head spin. Uh, voter packets popped into Cotsview PO boxes the day after election. Uh, in the packet was my new voter ID and a paper on how to rank choice works. Also gave us examples of what not to do. Five of us totally missed voting. Yeah. All right. Um, Rob Meyer says that the turnout at that, um, the low turnout in David Nelson's district is mostly because it's mostly Jay Bear and the military don't come out to vote. Which I always found weird. I mean, you would think that you're the ones out there defending the whole freedom system. You think that you would be, you know, almost by your patriotism obligated to go out and vote. You would think that that would make sense. But I've never understood that. Uh, but, yeah, this thing for Sean here, that that just that blows my mind. I got the voter packets the day of the election. In fact, I had already voted. When my wife came home with the mail and said, hey, look, I think we got our voter things already. I mean, that's some pretty crazy stuff right there. Um, all right. We're going to be with Ron Gillum here in just a second. Um, uh, I'm still scrolling through here. Uh, why does the song Send in the Clowns keep getting stuck in my head? <laughs> um Harold says, I can't stress how, meaning, how meaningless these primary numbers are. It's incomplete. It's statistics that you would never, ever rely on the numbers. Why it's less than 50%. Again, I just, I've been saying it all morning. I've said it all day yesterday. This is essentially just a poll. It's not really an election. But it does, get, does give you kind of an interesting informational pointer as to what direction things could be going or where the special interests are coming out. I mean, this is again. You're gonna. You're not even seeing half the voters that are coming out uh, on this as well. We talked about that earlier uh, with the numbers, for example, in Ron Gillum's race, which we talked about. 
Menard, was he the one who messed up the hotel room? Yes. Like I said, a little bit of a colorful past. Uh, here is the link uh, to the Eagle River Forum that Dan Sadler said he would join at Bonning Caucus. Thank you for uh, throwing that out there, Politidick. The primary is such a nothing burger. Well, I mean, it's an interesting data point. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, but it is interesting. Uh, it, it is uh, it is an interesting data point. Um, on the basis they don't have any skin in the game, not their home state, and they feel Alaska is no big deal. No, I think what Rob is saying is true, that many of the military maintain the residency in their home states and still vote there. So they're not really... They may not be paying attention to what's happening locally because they're paying attention to what's going on in their uh, in their uh, home state. So, um, all right, uh, we are about two minutes out here. I think we've got uh, we got uh, Ron Gillum on the phone. You ready, Ron? You ready? Um, all right. You ready to jump into this here? I am. Okay, good. Yeah, you'll have to turn the radio down in the background there. Yeah, I'm the, yep. going in a different room. Okay, all right. So we'll uh, we'll be back to you here in just a hot second. Don't go anywhere, and uh, we'll get things uh, started here in just about uh, in just about uh, two minutes. Uh, we'll get things uh, kind of squared away, uh, and uh, we'll we'll chitty chat with you to see what you uh, have to say. Uh, I forgot to put something else up here so this is why i'm doing this uh and uh and what's the what's the new district what's your what's your new district ron is it seven is that what it is yes okay yeah seven seven okay all right hold the hold the line here uh just again i i, I swear and i'm gonna complain about it for the next couple months until i memorize all the uh all the different house all the new different house district numbers for where everybody is because I mean, it only took me two years to memorize the last ones and be able to remember it. And even then, I had to look it up occasionally. Uh, all right. <clears throat> um, a political activity is not allowed on base, says Edie. Yeah, no. So they can't put signs and do stuff up. They can't campaign. The only way that you can reach the military members is basically through radio and television ads. You can't put up signs in yards and things like that. So, um. Uh, perhaps it's a gauge, says Gail. She's talking about the primary now because uh, Harold's poo-pooing the primary for anything. Uh, perhaps it's a gauge as to how high one needs to roll up their sleeves for battle. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I look at it. It's not the end-all be-all, but it is, um, it is uh, definitely an interesting uh, barometer as to where things may lay. That's the bottom line on that. So appreciate that. Um, uh, okay. Right now I'm ticked at people who don't vote, says Herder. Uh, you know, Herder, you know that the turnout for a primary is always lower uh, by usually, usually an order of magnitude lower. Um. So don't don't get too bent up about it at this point. Haven't voted in 20 years. Never will I again. Not sure why we're here every morning. Talk political like this just makes my day worse. If you haven't voted in 20 years, I don't know why you're listening to this program, Jimmy. Um, because the really you got nothing to complain about if you can't, uh, you know, if you if you're not voting. Remember, government's what's happening to you when you don't pay attention. All right, we got to go. 
jumping into it. Hour two. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on anywhere we can inveigle ourselves into. And, of course, broadcasting across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is The Michael Duke Show. Good morning. It's Thursday. And we're continuing on our kick here, talking about local political happenings this is our post-election roundup, and joining us this morning to discuss the uh, this latest election uh, of the primary, which for state house and, and senate races was really more of a poll than a primary because, well, I mean, it didn't it really didn't matter. It's like again, it's I said earlier, it's like whose line is it anyway? It's a game where the rules are made up and the points don't matter at this point because. Uh, there was really nothing else other than it's a bellwether for kind of which direction special interests are causing things to break. But discussing that with us this morning is uh, Ron Gillum, Representative Ron Gillum, who is the uh, representative from uh, a House, uh, excuse me, from House District 30, which is soon to be House District 7. And he joins us this morning on the program. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing great, Michael. It's good to be back on your show again. I appreciate you coming on board, my friend. So uh, here we are. Now, It, uh, I mean, I will say I didn't hear a lot from you prior to the primary election. Um, I know I saw, I saw a couple signs when I was down on the peninsula, but I haven't been hearing a lot of movement. Have you been waiting in the wings to try and kind of gauge the response of what's going on? Or what? Uh, give me an idea here of what you've been doing with your campaign up until this point. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, as you said, it was a poll and I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money to have a poll, to uh, have a poll done. Um, I know my opponent has spent over $16,000 right. just for a poll right? and I'm not going to waste that kind of money. So uh, I went to a lot of events. Um, you know, I hung out at the Wednesday market every Wednesday and then when something was happening here, I went to it. Uh, so I was out, out and about. But, uh, you know, I wasn't doing any kind of ads or anything like that because I wanted to see um, what was going on with with my opponent. And um, he's a little more liberal than what I am, actually a lot more. But uh, like I said, without really knowing who he is, um, I just didn't want to waste that kind of money, you know, to find out that 
what I already knew. Right. Well, obviously he made a little bit of headway in the community, uh, or he has a special cadre of folks who are backing him. Uh, because again, as we look at the numbers, uh, that came out, uh, of this last, and again, this is just kind of more of a poll than anything else. Uh, you could see that he pulled 56% of the overall vote, um, in the district. Now, uh, interestingly enough, uh, I did some comparatives and I pulled the, um, I pulled the, uh, uh, results from your last election. And I have them up on the screen right now for folks to take a look at, but first and foremost, the big thing that struck me is to, again, to show how, I guess, immaterial the primary was in many ways for these districts. I looked at just the turnout, the voter turnout in the primary, uh, was 26.19%, which in compared to some communities is actually pretty darn good. But when you compare it to the actual election from 2020, the, your district, 61% turnout in the district. I mean, these people want to vote. They want to have their voice heard. So you're seeing less than half of the turnout uh, for this primary, and you received a significant number of votes, uh, 62% in the last election. So again, I would say that based on statisticals and historicals, this is your race to lose in the long run. Uh, so what's your plan now, Ron? What are you planning on doing now that you've kind of got this poll behind you and you kind of understand where the community is going? What's going on? Oh, well, one thing I have to do is get out there and tell people that what they're hearing about me is not true. Um, there are uh, falsities being spread about me that I am, I'm having health issues. That is not true. Um, sure, I had a heart attack. I had it on Thursday. I was back in Juneau on Tuesday with a clean bill of health. Right. Um, I've been to the doctor numerous times. I am 100% healthy with no damage to my heart. So the, uh, the, heart, the health issues um, that are being spread is not true. Um, you know, so, so that's the first thing I want to do. Um, I'm going to start running ads. Is this something that they're like playing around the community that you're, you're what you're on death's door or that you're going to, you're going to keel over at any moment. Is that, is that the thing? That was what I heard from one person. Well, you're going to go down and you're going to die on us. And I, 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 really, (laughs) really? So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was one thing that was being said. Um, so like I said, I want to clear that up. I am not unhealthy at all. Um, what happened to me was genetic. It was not for stress. And that's what I was told is, you know, it's too stressful on him. He's going to go down there. He's going to have a heart, another heart attack and die. What happened to me was genetics. It has been taken care of. I am fine. So I, like I said, I have a 100% clean bill of health. Right. So okay. I'm not going to go down there and get stressed out and die on you. Um, but there, there's a lot of things being said about me that are not true. Okay. So, you know, I want to, I want to straighten that up Sure. And I'm going to start putting that out on an ads. Um, now there are a lot of things that my opponents are saying about himself that are not true. He has been running, uh, different ads saying that he owns Soldatna professional pharmacy. That is not true. He owns 10% and the other 90% is owned by a corporation in Washington. Uh, I mean, do you think that's splitting hairs? I mean, to say that I'm an owner or that I own or, I mean, is that, do you think that that matters? I mean, at that point, if you're an owner in or you are the owner of, do you think that, I mean, is it the little thing to you that, that, that matters? 
little things add up to big things. It's trust. Yeah. And when you start out telling somebody one thing and it's not true, then how much farther will you go? Okay. In order to get what you want. Okay. So, but he's part of the old echelon. He is being, he was, um, from my understanding, recruited by somebody who's not going to be in the legislature anymore. I don't know how much truth there was behind that, but he's got somebody behind him pushing him. Um, why would a young guy with a uh, supposedly successful business want to go to Juno unless he can get something out of it for, for himself? Um, I've got 30 years experience in the oil and gas field, in the fisheries. He's a pharmacist. I mean, I just feel I have a whole lot more going for what we need, especially at this time, than a pharmacist. Life experience than, yeah. Yes. Say. I mean, yes. I again, I would just make the argument, Ron, that if if somebody, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily a monetary, uh, uh, you know, or maybe a power gain out of it. I, I uh uh, you know, if somebody wants to run, sometimes they run for reasons that have nothing to do with money or power. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we need to look at differentiate now what your policies are. I mean, has he talked anything about his policies? Has he talked about why what would make him different than you at this point? Well, when we were um, hashing out the budget and uh, we were going to concur so everybody gets their full dividend, he sent me an email that said, do not concur. So that tells me he is for government first, dividend second. And, you know, I voted to concur and we, of course, didn't. And we lost, uh, you know, half of our dividend. Right. Right. So um, that's that's one thing that, that uh, we differentiate on. He is pushing for he is going to reinstate the defined benefit. And that's something we fought against. Um, he has voted three different times to keep us masked in the park. And I am a, absolutely against wearing the masks. It is a personal choice. If you want to wear it, that's fine. Don't force us to do it. Um, the, we had a, an incident here in the park also, uh, with the drag queen situation. Right. And, um, he was asked point blank, you know, I want your personal opinion. He has never answered that question. He keeps saying, well, that's just a policy question. No, he was asked personally his opinion. We had a meeting and he got up and walked out. Then he claimed it got dangerous. Total false. <laughs> it was not dangerous. He, he claims that got the, upset. He claims that the meeting got dangerous. Or is that what he yes. was? Okay. All it, right. it was just dangerous. And I feared for my life and, and he left and he stated that, um, there was a gentleman there that um, had put the meeting together, one of them, and uh, him and his wife. His wife went out to talk to my opponent, and he, and he told me that her husband was inside blocking the door so nobody could get out to get to him. Absolutely not true. So he's saying a lot of things that is not true. And granted, I haven't been out there to... Uh, to disagree with him, but now I'm going to. People need to understand that if he goes back in, we're going backwards. Right. If he goes to Juno, we are going backwards. Right. We have we have taken time. It has taken a lot of years to 
possibly get a majority in the House, the Senate, that's going to be questionable. But if he goes to Juno, we are going backwards. That is just plain fact. He, uh, he is too liberal to be in, in uh, the conservative group. Uh, Ron Gillum is our guest GOP candidate uh, for House District. Uh, now it's going to be seven. House District 7 was House District 30. Um, I saw some of the reactions on Facebook. Uh, I saw some comments where people were asking you, you know, you know, what happened? What's going on? Why? You know, this this was a little disheartening for people to see these numbers. Now, again, in retrospect, I can't uh, inf- I can't reinforce this enough, but this was a seriously low, less than half turnout uh, from what would be in a general election. You have not done any campaigning really up until this point. Uh, so what is your what's your answer to people when they say, Ron, how did you how did you come in so behind in this primary? What's going on? What's your reaction? Well, probably because I didn't get out there, knock on doors and, and you know, just be out and about every day. Um, you know, he's got people that, that go around, knock on doors and say, vote for me. And, and um, you know, I haven't done that. I've got two and a half months now to run a campaign. Like I said, this was a poll. If all it was, I wanted to see where each of us stood. Now I know. Now I have two and a half months to campaign. And that's what I'm going to do. People are going to know. I'm not. Another thing that was said is I, I just sat down there in Juno and did nothing. My name is on over 50 bills, both sponsored and co-sponsored. There was over 400 bills. To do nothing, you don't know what are, what is in those bills. You have to go over them. So it takes a lot of time to pick through, pick out the good bills, discard the bad ones. Right. So, you know, that to come out and say, oh, he just sat down there and didn't do anything. He, he never done anything. That's false. Now, it was said that, well, he didn't pass any bills. That's fact. I was in the minority. They don't even listen. They don't even read our bills. Right. One of the bills I had was just a name a day after Hobo Jam, and I couldn't even get that read. I mean, it has over 30 names on it as co-sponsors, but I couldn't get it read. That ought to tell you something about how we were treated. Right. So uh, something else that differ- differentiates is uh, my opponent is bragging about working with Andy Josephson and Liz Snyder. Well, if they come up with a good bill, yeah, it'd be great. I work with them, but they never put forth a really good bill. Right. And uh, so, but you pick two of the hardest left people and brag about working with them. That's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> and then, uh, as you mentioned, you know, as you mentioned with signs, when um, you've got uh, Sweeney, Walker, Lisa, and my opponent sign all lined up. That ought to say a lot, right? It tells well, you it tells you what kind of Republican you are at that point, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and my signs are together with myself, Kelly Tuckerman, right, or Charlie. Yeah. So most of them are Kelly Tuckerman and myself. Right. Um, you know, look, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing here as you look at this is, uh, you know, you you did what you said you were going to do. You went down and said you were going to vote for a you know, full PFD and you voted for a full PFD and you concurred for a full PFD and you push and you've talked about that. Um, I think that that will hold a lot of weight with people um, as we go through here. And I think it will be a uh, uh, I think it'll be a good, um, uh, you know, I, I think people will see that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you've got to, I think at this point we realize everybody's always got to be, um, 
they've always got to be campaigning at this point. Unfortunately, that's the kind of the truth of the matter is that uh, we need to be campaigning morning, noon and night from the time we can to the time we can't. And uh, uh, I think that this shows, especially when you have special interests backing you, this is uh, this is kind of the outcome of that. Um, we're going to continue on with Ron Gillum here in just a second. Uh, we're up against the break. We've got to go. We'll be back with more. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Make sure you check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Show if you want to be there. And uh, also, of course, on YouTube, on Twitch. And you can pick us up on the podcast later on if you miss anything, you want to listen again. Podcasts are available, well, wherever you find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Stitcher, and, of course, Spotify. Back with more and Ron Gillum right after this, The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, Uh, we're in the break right now. Ron Gillum uh, is our guest. Um, And so we'll just change gears a little bit here um, and... uh, and uh, and chat with Ron because I don't think we got a, much of a chance to chat with him uh, during the uh, session, um, and uh, so we'll just you know we'll just kind of revisit here. So Ron, this last session, uh, you know, this last half of the session, um, you know, what was your take on everything? I mean, was this uh, again just an exercise in frustration being in the minority? Was there anything good that came out of it? What uh, what's your what's your what's your take on this? Well, actually, I think the best thing that came out of it was we put together a group of 14 that stood strong together. We weren't a binding group. Um, we were free to vote how, however we wanted to. But uh, you know, myself, Kevin McCabe, um, Kathy Tilton, Laddie Shaw, you know, we, we just put this group together and we we had each other's back no matter what. You know, unfortunately, there were some that weren't. Uh, willing to join in with this right but uh that was one of the good things what was i guess more most surprising was and it sounds funny to say is it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be but it wasn't as good as it could have been um to watch what happened in the beginning when stooge got put in as speaker uh, i sat by the door and when zach fields and kelly merrick basically voted to, to sit Louise Stutes in the seat. They jumped up and out the door they went. We never seen either one of them for three days. Had no idea where they went or what happened. So um, it was a huge learning curve uh, to be there. Um, I enjoyed it. The uh, To represent the people of this district has been an honor that I could never have gotten any other way. I mean, it's just an amazing, an amazing task. Um, so I'm looking, you know, I'm looking forward to going back um, Good. With, with more like-minded people and make our 14 grow to a larger number. Right. Um, you know, and like I said, unfortunately the Senate side is going to be a little tougher, but 
uh, we were able to stop some of the bad legislation. I mean, there was some anti-Second Amendment legislation that was put forth, and we were able to stop that. Um, you know, some of the better legislation, legislation even though uh, one bill, the telehealth bill, came from Ivy Sponholz. Right. You know, I it took me a long time to sign on to that, and I was actually the second person to co-sponsor it. But after uh, my final decision was there was a huge snowstorm here in Soldat and Kenai. And my thought was, I've got a lot of elderly people that, who cannot now get out of the house. But they have access to uh, the Internet. Right. So at that point, I said, you know what? Sign on to the bill and get it through. And we did. So, you know, I don't care which side of fence you're on. You show me a good bill. I'll put my name on it. Right. But uh, I'm not going to just rubber stamp anything that comes across. There was some bills from our side that I didn't agree with, and I didn't put my name on them. Right. Well, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody who will vote on the merits of a bill, not simply march in lockstep with, uh, you know, with with whoever's uh, holding the baton, so to speak. Uh, I mean, that's what we want. That's why I think the Binding Caucus is so insidious. I mean, people need to be able to think for themselves. They need to be able to fight for their, uh, you know, fight for their own, um, uh, you know, ideals and for their own constituency. Exactly. Yeah, I I will not join a Binding Caucus. I'm sorry. Um, that is my vote is my personal thing. And it's the people of this district. If they say to do this way, even if I'm against it, if the majority of the people in this district say, we want you to do this, I will do that. I work for them. So, you know, to, to go down there and say, well, you know, I'm going to have to do this just because somebody else told me to. You know, that's that's not a representative. Not at all. Right. Right. Uh, Ron Gillum, uh, our guest here, we're about uh, 20 seconds out from returning to the radio. So uh, hold the phones and everybody uh, get ready. Make sure that you like and follow the show page and that you uh, subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube. Do all the YouTube things as well. Let's get back into it. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio, The Michael Duke Show. Here we go. Uh, continuing now, Ron Gillum is our guest, GOP candidate for House District 7, currently the representative for House District uh, 30. Ron, um, people were asking, you know, so what's the state of your campaign now? What do you need? Do you need help? Uh, do you need financial help? Do you need people walking, waving signs? Do you need, uh, you know, the folks want to know how they can help Ron Gillum um, in his quest to uh uh, to get reelected here for the uh, uh, for the state house. To all of the above, um, we can use finances. We could use door knockers. Um, we'll accept help from anybody that's going to be willing to help. So uh, you know the finances are going to be big because we're going to have to start running radio ads and, and uh, you know get internet ads and you know, flyers and, and letters. And so the finances are going to be big. I do have some money left over because I haven't been spending it, you know, to find out 
where we're going to stand. Right. So I do have a little bit, but I will need a whole lot more because I don't have the unions behind me. If you look at the APOC reports, uh, my opponent has three unions backing him. Uh, he has Louise Stutes backing him. He has Kathy Giesel backing him. Um, you know, it's uh, kind of a who's who of the Democrat side. Right. So, um, you know, I'm not going to accept the money from the unions because they're not going to control me. Nobody's going to control me except the people, people of this district. They're going to tell me what they want done. Um, well, well, and again, I guess you if you follow the money and you see who's supporting whom, and again, the APOC is always a good uh, bellwether to kind of see where a candidate sits and who supports and who uh uh, you know, when I say name, when I see names like, uh, you know, Giesel and uh, uh, and Louise Stutes and Machiki and some of these other ones, I realize exactly which direction this candidate is coming from and where they're going. And that's a big that's a big uh, uh, thing for me. Uh, but it means that also that folks need to if they want if they want you to return, that they need to step up financially with time, with treasure, with, you know, with effort to help you get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of door knocking because he has. Uh, I don't know if there are people that's working for him or who they are. Um, they're young, young people that's going around knocking on the doors. And I had um, one person tell me that they came up, knocked on the door when they said they weren't going to vote for him. Um, they, well, why aren't you going to vote for me? And they just pestered and badgered and badgered. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? And actually made the lady cry. <laughs> so, I mean, well, you know, that, that's what he's doing, intimidation. You're, you're not winning friends and influencing people like that. You're not, uh, you know, that's uh, that's not the kind of stuff you need uh, yeah. for sure. Ron, as you go back and you, uh, you know, let's just assume that you're going to go back. Uh, what What is going to be the, you know, what are you looking to uh, fight for in this next, uh, you know, in this next session? What is it that your focus is going to be on going into the next session? One of the biggest issues is I want the chairmanship of education committee. And to be honest, when I went down the first session, education wasn't even on my radar, but I wanted the fisheries. Louise took me off of fisheries and, and I ended up with education. And that was a godsend, actually, because looking at our education system, I mean, 2018, we were spending $22,000 per student and about three, four weeks ago, the new uh, study came out and we went from 22 to 28,000. So, uh, you know, they're talking about flat funding and that's not true. My biggest question is, where is that money going? Because we have teachers that are having to supply their own pencils and their own supplies. Where is that $28,000 per student going? Right. So I am going to advocate for um, school choice and parents choice. So you're talking and, about uh, like backpack funding where the funding follows the student versus exactly. uh, going to the schools. Exactly. And I already have um, a couple of bills drafted to, to do that. Um, another thing is, and I got in the middle of this when I had the heart attack, um, uh, Sarah Vance had a, had a bill or resolution in the budget to have an advocate in a room with you in the hospital. I spent right. three days in the hospital with nobody. Right. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to die. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't going to die. By that time, I was I was in, in good health. But there are people in there who are dying. Uh, I have a really good friend whose mother died in the hospital 
without being able to uh, have anybody allowed in her room. That is wrong. I am sorry. That is wrong. So we are going to advocate and get that through. Um, you know, fisheries, we have to do something about our fisheries for everybody, not commercial, not sport, for everybody. So we have to have to do something about that. I have talked to Representative Cronk. I've talked to uh, Representative Vance. And there is a way to fix this, but we're going to have to work together and get it taken care of. Um, there's a bill that was put forward by uh, Dave Tallarico and picked up by Chris Tuck, had one hearing and was stuck into a drawer. So, you know, there's this, I guess, the fisheries education and this uh, patient's rights uh, is, uh, is going to be three of the strongest issues that I'm going to deal with when we get back down there. Well, and I think I've heard the patient's rights thing is, uh, I mean, it just, it reached an era of ridiculousness, in my opinion, um, uh, as you watch these things, to, to visit and be and, and spend time with their loved ones in their last days, then, uh, and know the risks, right, that they may get COVID or what, you know, whatever. It just seemed to me that that was the, really the height of, of brutality, uh, uh, you know, from bureaucracy that they made those decisions. I don't think anybody should die alone. Uh, I don't think anybody should have to go through that uh, when they're suffering. And, uh, and I think that it makes sense to, uh, to have that. And I'm glad to see that more and more people are talking about it uh, because even if there is a, again, if it's a pandemic or something contagious or whatever, you know, I would know that, I mean, I'm, <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. If my wife was in the hospital, you'd have to call SWAT to keep me out of the hospital. There's just no way I would be in there and, uh, and you, you best bring it on because I'm going to go in there and be with my wife if she's in the hospital, regardless of what else is happening. Yeah. Especially if she's, you know, possibly going to die. I mean, my daughter is an ER nurse and they wouldn't let her in the hospital with me. So that's just plain stupidity. She's in a hospital every day working, but yet yeah. she can't come in there and spend time with me. Yeah. So that, that, that is, is a huge issue. Um, there again, that is where my opponent and I differentiate. He refused to give out ivermectin um, during the pandemic. And then when he finally decided, well, he would, then he would make excuses. Well, you're too big or you're too small or, you're, you know, but he refused to give. The, and, and he refuses. Um, he, he just says, no, that, that's not true. That's not true. I, I give out. No, he didn't. I mean, I've talked to numerous people who said he refused them. With a doctor's so, prescription is what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Doc, doctor prescribes it. They walk in. He says, no, I know better than the doctor. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. Exactly. And who knows better than your doctor? Uh, I, with my prescriptions, because now being with the heart attack, I have a couple of prescriptions I have to take. I've picked them up in Juno. I've picked them up in Anchorage. I've picked them up in two different places in Saldotna and Kenai. So which of those pharmacists is going to have the, the say over, um, you know, well, we don't think you should take this. We should, here, we're going to give you something else. Right. Or just, de or just deny you, uh, yeah. you know, <clears throat> this is the whole off label argument that I just, it just kills me because I've seen, I've seen my doctors and my wife's doctors and my kids' doctors say, we're going to prescribe you this medication. Here's what it was originally meant for, but we found out that it also does this, this, and this. So don't be too put off by the fact that it's a, 
you know, I think one of the medications that somebody was taking was a medication for bipolar disease, you know, bipolar disorder. And they go, but don't, don't, don't take anything because here's the fringe benefit of it. And here's the, and I was like, okay, I mean, that makes sense. I, I get it. But you've got pharmacists now deciding, no, you can't take that because you're not diagnosed with bipolar or you're, you know, I mean, that's insane. Your doctor knows what's going on. The pharmacist is there to just make sure that you're getting the proper dosage and uh, that you're, uh, you know, that, that they're the federal regulators for this kind of stuff. That just, it's insane to me. Yeah, exactly. And now I will say that, you know, if a doctor makes a mistake, well, whoever types up the prescription, so you're supposed to have uh, 10 milligrams of something and they put a hundred in a, in a pharmacy. Well, that's, you know, 10 times what the normal prescription is. They can question that, but they can't say, well, you're supposed to be taking this. Well, we think you should take this. Right. You know, that that's not their, their doings. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's a, they are there to prescribe doctor prescriptions, right? right. Not decide well, what you need to take. I think that that's a valid bill, and I think that uh, I think that many Alaskans would support that. That seems uh, that seems to to make a lot of sense. The education thing. I mean, I, you know, I would love to see you as the uh, as the uh, chair of the education committee. I mean, my question is, what about uh, you know, what about the uh, the uh, the funding formulas. What about breaking up into them? What about I mean? And what's your take on this latest decision by the Supreme Court that the the legislature does not have the right to forward fund things unless they have the money in hand? I mean, is this a good thing in your opinion? Yeah, it's a good thing. How do we know what's going to happen next year when you're taking over a billion dollars and paying something forward? How do you know you're going to have the money next year? You are guaranteeing guaranteeing money that you may not have. Um, you work for a paycheck. I come in, I say, okay, next year we're going to double your pay. So now you're planning on that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've lost one of our contracts, two of our contracts, and we can't do that. Are you right. going to get upset? That happened here on the peninsula. They were expecting a raise that did not come. So they sued. How right. much money did that cost? Right. You can't spend money you don't have. Right. We have gotten into that issue of spending money we don't have. And I'll tell you what, when you do that and all of a sudden you go, wow, we're short, let's tax the oil companies. <laughs> the oil companies are not going to like that Yeah, because they are not our <laughs> piggy bank. We have to be, we have to control what we spend. And when you put something forward to do that and you're in a minority, the majority goes, eh, throw it aside. Right. The physical policy working group, they come up with some great ideas. They went, oh, that looks good. Throw it aside. That's, we're going to do what we want to. So you support the you support the work of the fiscal policy working group then? I do. Yeah. Not not 100%, but about 90% of it. They've uh, done a, it was a bipartisan group. It was a great, a great idea. Yeah. Ron Gillum is our guest. Ron, uh, where could folks find out more about you? Where do they go? What do we need to do here? Well, I'm having a web page put together now. There will be a donate button on it. Um, they can go to Facebook, Representative Ron Gillum, uh, and, uh, or they can call. Um, my phone number is 953-6525. Of course, area code 907. Uh, we can use help financially and also for waving signs when that comes again. And uh, I, I could use people to go door knocking. Right. So, uh, um, address 45710 King Drive, Soldatna. Uh, they want to send a check, they could send it there. Um, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to going back, Michael. I really am. Okay. And, uh, because I think we're going to do some good things. Ron Gillum, thank you, my friend, for coming on board and joining us today. We appreciate you sounding off, and we will see if we can get some people coming to you to, uh, uh, you know, to help support. I mean, you need to get out on the airwaves. You need to get out on Facebook. You need to have that website uh, to show people that you're serious about it. And it's good to see all those things coming together. Ron, yep, thank you. Well, I'm sorry. Get used to me. Get, <clears throat> get used to me. Get used to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Ron. Uh, appreciate it. Ron Gillum, our guest. Hold, right, the, hold the line uh, for a second, Ron. Folks, we're out of time for this segment. One more segment up next. We're going to uh, take uh, some phone calls. We're going to open up the phone lines for you. Maybe we'll finish up with a remainder of what we uh, missed out on. We'll be back on the uh, election results. Uh, we'll be back with more in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Michael Duke Okay, uh, final uh, thoughts. Ron Gillum here. I was running out of time, uh, so I apologize, but I wanted to uh, make sure I got to the break. So uh, I'll give you the chance here. Uh, final summation and thoughts for folks out there who may be listening down on the peninsula or listening on the replay or the podcast. Uh, you know, any of your final thoughts, something we didn't get to, whatever, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, I appreciate the time. And uh, like I said, get used to me because uh, I'm just now getting started. So I just want to expose who my opponent is. I haven't said anything. And um, most, a lot of people down here know um, who he is. And uh, so I just, you know, I'm going to try to do what I can to keep our conservative group together. Like I said, he is too liberal for our group, and uh, I think he would be one that would jump to the other side. So, uh, you know, just bet your candidates. Um, I've done what I said I was going to do, and I will not change. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate their votes, and uh, you know, I have a great group of people behind me. So, uh, you know, if you, if you want to go backwards, then, uh, you know, by all means, your vote's what it is to you. And if you want to keep going forward, then I appreciate the votes. And so, you know, but like you said, there was, there's about seven or 8,000 votes out there still. So I, I feel pretty good about what's happening. Okay. Um, I felt really bad until I saw Mike Shower was losing. And I went, how is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you I got spoke. a bit of, you got a bit of redistricting in there. You got a bit of the fact that it's a, it's a low voter turnout. You got a lot of things and you got the special interest. I mean, don't forget you mentioned it early on, but you know, specifically for Mike Shower, you know, he got a whole new area, which was out here on KGB, where people had the name recognition of Massey. You've got all the unions behind him. Same thing in your district. You've got, you know, union support and the special interests are getting out there. So it's no surprise. Um, I think you'll see a whole different story when it comes to the general. But that doesn't mean that you, uh, I mean, I think we need to make sure that we throw 25 bucks in the kitty, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever we can afford to make sure that you get your name out there and uh, and get things rolling on. I'd love to uh, I'd love to see that. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate a $5 donation just as much as a $1500 donation. So, uh, yep. you know, that uh, they all mean the same because they are helping. Um, some people just can't afford much, others can afford a lot, and uh, you know, I appreciate everything that comes in. Yeah. So, and then time. Yeah. Time is priceless. And if somebody wants to spend an hour walking down their street where they live, knock on doors, say vote for Ron, 
if they need um, flyers, you know, get in touch with me and I will bring them to you. Yeah. You want a yard sign? You know, give me your address and I will bring it to you. You don't have to come to me. I will come to you. Right. So, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get this done. Good. Turn the machine on, Ron. Here we go. That's what we need to do. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you coming on board. Thank you, Ron Gillum, for being part of it today. All right. Thanks, Michael. Talk to you later. Uh, Ron Gillum, our guest here on the uh, Michael Luke Show. Uh, all right. I suppose I need to uh, turn the phone lines on because I didn't have them on yet today. Let me get everything uh, squared away here. We'll see if we can get the phones uh, all up and running and uh, see what uh, uh, comes out of that. Uh, where is my... There it is. Okay. Um, all right, folks, don't forget to like and share this video and like and follow the show page and do all the, do the YouTube things and the, and the, and the Facebook things and the Twitch things and everything just to keep us all on track. Uh, looks like we got about 75 folks in between all the platforms here this morning. So it's good to see all of you. Thank you for coming out. If you share this with your friends, just maybe, maybe we can get more people involved. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we can get more people involved in the daily show. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see consistently see 100 people every morning here in the chat rooms between all the different platforms. I can see uh, the, this new software I got is nice because it shows me the consolidated. I can see right now 75 people total. I've got uh, 50 people on Facebook. I've got another 23, 24 on uh, YouTube. I got a couple on Twitch. It's nice to see that, but I would like to consistently see about 100 people in here because then we know that we're spreading the word. We're getting more people involved. Um, and I know a lot of you are sharing the show, and I appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. Um, I appreciate the fact that you're sharing the show and that you're uh, you're all uh, uh, you know letting people know about it. But if you haven't, would you? And just say, you know, say something like, uh, you know, get involved in the conversation. Uh, you know, get, 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 listen in to get educated on Alaskan politics or whatever it is that you, you need to say in there. But let's get some more folks involved uh, in this. It would sure be nice to see, you know, consistently see, you know, 100 folks or so, um, you know, in the show every day. So I'd love to... Uh, uh, I, I would love to to uh, see that here. All right. Um, <clears throat> 20 seconds out. Looks like we got one line on hold. We're going to take uh, some calls. We're going to be doing that. Let's jump into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow. Do all the stuff. Here we go. All right, uh, here we are in the final segment of today's show. And we're bringing in the phone lines today because we can. And we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, thoughts on the election or anything else that we've covered today. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a shout. 907-433-3150. 
Let's uh, kick things over here and uh, head on over to the phones and see what uh, see what you guys have to say, shall we? We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Um, Kathy from the Peninsula. Hello, Kathy. What's on your mind? I just want to say that um, Ron is um, gonna Ron Gillum is gonna show the movie Two Thousand Mules, and it's gonna be at the Kenai New Life on princess street in kenai and i just want to encourage people to let's just build that building and watch it together um it's at five o'clock on sunday okay and and it's um it'll be over about seven um we watched it last monday there was probably about 30 35 people there and this now is and and it was like the next day was a school day so it was mainly older people but um i'd like to see more families come and um, fill that building so that where people can see what really happened with our last election. Okay. And, um, yeah, such a good movie. So it's Sunday night, 5 o'clock at Kenai New Life in Kenai. And let's fill that building. All right. Well, thank you for calling in and joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, For the info, let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Catfish from Kenai. Hello, Catfish. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, sir. You know, so listening to Ron Gillum this morning, I got to tell you, you know, I'm not trying to be critical or anything like that, but the guy just sounds low energy and just, with all due respect, just whining and complaining. I don't know if he's listening to this. I'm going to try to call him later tonight, but he's got to get his talking points ready to go, and he's got to hustle. He's got to earn. He's got to get out there to the people. I mean, I was go- I was driving to work, you know, uh, on what was it Tuesday voting day, and he's sitting there on the corner in the pouring rain with a sign. You know, it was like fine. It, you pointed it out, right? I mean, he really hasn't kind of gone out there and done anything to get out to people, but you finally see him standing out there on the side of the corner with a sign, and there's just nothing. You're not hearing anything from the guy. And with all due respect, as he's talking, he's he's got all these great talking points. You know, Ruffridge is is sending him a an email saying don't don't vote for the full PFD the uh, that that last vote there release that on Facebook get it out there I mean talking about the the masking up in the park I mean these right. are all great talking points that that he's just built a whole checklist against his opponent and he's not using it it just it doesn't make any sense and and again I just he just sounds like just low energy so I can see why people may be gossiping in the community saying. You know, he's he's not doing well health-wise because right. he just seems like he's just got low energy about the whole thing. Well, I will say this. Ron has always been a very laid-back guy um, and not a, obviously not a politician by birth. Uh, but I think you're right. I think he's got a whole hit list of things that he – can stand for things that he has stood for and, and, you know, the bills that he talked about and the differences. And I think, yes, I think his campaign definitely needs to highlight it. I mean, here's the thing, in my opinion, I think that a candidate and, and as much as I, I mean, I cover politics every day, but I'm not a huge fan of politics in general in like everyday life. But if I was running for office, you have to understand that the second that you're done with your session or whatever, and you know, the election's coming up, I mean, you got to be in election mode. You got to start, you know, you got to start putting it out there. You got to get the signs out. You've got to get some verbiage out. And yes, even if you've got a limited war chest, you have to be able to leverage whatever it is that you do have. Um, If you want to save the war chest, and I think it's probably smart to save the war chest prior to the primary, because again, the primary didn't really matter. Now, if it was 
po- if it was pre rank choice voting and pre jungle primary, it probably would have been a different story. He would have had to have fought harder because, you know, Ruffridge is a Republican, registered as a Republican, and so they'd have to battle it out for the primary. It probably would have been a different story. This is a whole new deal. But I would agree with you that, you know, we should be getting this information out, highlighting the highs of what we've done, highlighting the differences between other candidates, and just getting out there. Um, and uh, But I guess maybe this is a problem when you're not a... Uh, I guess, a pro-politician or have a big organization behind you, right? Oh, I, I get it. I, I, I do. Really. I mean, he's, he's you know, kind of the uh, the grassroots candidate, right? Just kind of, you know, like you said, you know, 30 years in oil and gas, just hard worker, nose to the ground, getting things done. And that's what he's got to rely on. But again, he's, he's got to get fired up and he's got to get the message out to people. I mean, getting out there and, and showing that 2,000 mules this weekend, that's great. You're going to get a couple hundred people come to that event. That's great. But you got to be knocking on doors. Go, go shake hands and, and, you know, kiss babies at Fred Meyer, Walmart. Do what you got to do, but get out there. Come back you know with my I mean? baby. Come back so. with my baby. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I could, I, <laughs> but I, but I agree with you. I mean, again, I think that any candidate at this point, especially under this ranked choice voting thing where there's so many weird things and so many unknowns, we should be hitting this hard every day. Uh, every candidate out there needs to put the rubber down and just, you know, just peel out, get going, uh, get excited. And um, I'm hoping that he gets enough support financially to be able to do a good, you know, on-air campaign, a good Facebook media campaign, a good, you know, and highlight. Like you said, if it was me, I would have a snapshot of that of that email and I'd be posting that up in an ad on Facebook to said, this is what he stands for. He doesn't want you to have your PFD. I voted for a full PFD. I mean, differentiate. That's how you get through uh, and and highlight uh, to people out there. And I mean, the peninsula being the, you know, pretty much one of the reddest districts in the state that would play well. Uh, you know, I'm for a full PFD. He obviously wants government to have first choice. Here's the here's the email. What more do you need to say? That that sells a lot more than anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Get fired up, Ron. We, we yeah. want to vote for you. You just need to get fired up. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Again, it's hard when your personality, I think, and I, I guess Ron is a very low-key guy. I mean, he's just very, like you said, get the put the nose down, get the job done, um, and, uh, you know, it, and not up on the kind of the hype and the things like that, uh, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, we, we're going to see if we can find somebody to help work with Ron on that and get the, get the word out there. I think this is important stuff. And, and I think Catfish is right. That differentiation, I voted for this. This is why here's what's going on. Here's what my opponent wants. Here are the people that are backing my opponents. I mean, to me, that's another big thing. I mean, I would be taking snapshots. Uh, if I, if it was me, I would be taking snapshots of the APOC report for who's contributing. My, you know, my opponent is being supported by the unions, by the Kathy Geisels of the world, by the Louise Stutzers of the world. If you want that business as usual government first crowd to be part of it, then he's your man. And if not, then I'm your man. There's got to be a little passion in there. Uh, There does. And uh, so I'm hoping that this is the kickoff for Ron. And of course, I hope he has all the support in the world from folks out there like you. Um, I, I agree. He's right. 
Catfish is the uh, catfish was right. I mean, Ron is the grassroots candidate. You saw what happened when he ran against Machiki that first time, almost beating him in the primary. That was like the wake up call for many people down there, including Machiki, um, that uh, <clears throat> Ron Gillum is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, the campaign needs to start right now. So that's, you know, um, Tough decision to run negative messaging with people being sensitive to dirty campaigning. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a negative message. I'm saying here's where I stand. Here's where my candidate, here's where my opponent stands. That's all it is. I mean, and it's not dirty when you're saying this is what he wanted. He wanted me not to concur with a full PFD. I believe that that's the people's money. I believe that it would do well for them and that government should come second in that race. I don't think that's negative. I think that's just stating the fact. That's that's my take on it. So, I want to <clears throat> I want to I want to I want to see I want to see more. I want to see more. I want to see Ron get back into the uh, legislature. I want to see Mike Shower get back into. The, I want to see a majority in both the House and the Senate. Can we do it? I hope so. I hope so. All right, uh, we're out of time for today, my friends. Tomorrow's Firearms Friday. We're going to be back with more. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind, love one another, live well. I hope all of you track down Ron Gillum and drop him a check. I hope each one of you, you know, 20 bucks, 5 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is you can afford... And I hope you do the same for Mike Shower and others who are struggling on the verge here. Again, remember, this primary, just a poll. That's all it was. Less than 50% of the actual vote that I think will be cast in November. But the work has got to be done now. we got to work like it matters. That's what we need to do. So keep it going. Ron, thanks for coming on board this morning. We appreciate it. Folks, thank you for coming on. And again, if you would share this show, I would be eternally grateful. Eternally grateful. And if you want to help support the show financially, become a member of the Common Sense Corps. That's how we're able to get all this fancy new stuff and computers and broadcast equipment and everything else. I, uh, I would love to uh, love to see more of you become members of the Common Sense Corps. Thank you for being part of it. All right, folks, we got to go. I got the whole day ahead. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's what we do. It is The Michael Duke Show. We will see you tomorrow for Firearms Friday.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.